Hello, and welcome to the Acting Notes Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things acting, from tips and tricks to business information. I'm your host, Justin Powell, and today we're going to talk about prepping for a feature film. I'll explain. So, I apologize for the delay in episodes. I have been wildly busy this past month. I am in a was in a non-union feature film that had me just diving into loads of prep work, which is what I'm going to share with you today. On top of that, I'm understudying in a brilliant immersive play, and I had never done immersive acting until last Monday. And it was wonderful, but took a lot of focus there. I'm also set up to direct a project this upcoming weekend. And on top of all that, I am editing both photos and videos from my own short film that I wrote and directed. So it's been a lot. And I've been thinking about how to bring this podcast to you on a more consistent basis. And I think something I might try soon is to start doing this as seasons. So perhaps I have 12 episodes, take a month off, where I can record the next 12, or at least get a head start on the next season, and then get back to you all. I'm trying to find a way to balance this out, but we'll talk about that another time. Today I want to talk a little bit about how I decided to prepare for this feature film. And I'm not saying this is the definitive way to do so. Of course I'm not saying that. Everyone has their own ways into a character, their own techniques. But I found that the way I prepared this time left me feeling the most free I have on set that I can remember. Now some of that was just the beauty of this group that was assembled. It was a very stripped-down crew... It was people I knew already. The director is a friend of mine who I had met working on another short of his. And then we shot another short together. And then he wrote this role for me. So it was really lovely to be a part of. But I want to talk about the process all throughout. Of course, part of the reason that I felt such ease this time around was the environment created on set, and just how wonderful everyone was. Plus, it was a very smooth shoot, which doesn't always happen, and I'm sure it could change some things. If we're under more of a time crunch, maybe there's more pressure, there's less freedom on my part. That little voice that tells you, you gotta get it right on this take, starts to creep in, you know? But I found the preparation I did this time around was very helpful, and so I want to share it with you. Maybe you'll find it helpful. Maybe it's something that you will use in your process. And maybe not. But I always say we should try to find different ways in, experiment with our process all the time. I think when you start to do the same thing for every project, it can start to develop a bit of a rut. And maybe a little bit less passion for you. And I don't know, maybe that's actually the best way you work. But I know for me... I like chasing my curiosity around the role and the project. 
So first, I want to talk about how they had me audition for this part, because it was unlike any audition I had had up to this point. For my audition, they asked me to just prepare to answer the question, what would I do with this character? How do I see the character? I didn't have sides to work on. He gave me a couple scenes. He said, we might do this. We probably won't, though. And so it was interesting for me. I built this character up in a very quick way. The character I was playing was a hitman named Smiley. And initially the way they pitched him to me was they wanted someone who was just dead-eyed. Like no soul, just a, a stone-cold killer. And as I worked on the character... I had to ask myself the question, which I think we should do for every part. What would it take for me to have become this guy? Because I truly believe that, you know, I believe I've said this on the podcast before. I've made a joke character in the past of an acting teacher whose whole philosophy was essentially that you had to dip into other realities and pull out the version of you that is that character. So if you're playing a fireman, you have to reach into the reality where you became a fireman and pull them out to exist in ours for the time being. And it's silly and dumb. <laughs> but in a way, I do think that is a part of our process. I think we have to ask ourselves, what would it have taken for me to have become that person? And so that's what I did. And I started thinking a lot about his backstory, what might have pushed him this way. I don't want to go into the darker details of it, but I found that working in that way, developing the backstory, developing the type of clothes he wore, I decided for the part I'd want to bleach my hair blonde because I saw him as this character who so desperately wanted to connect. And we had this breakthrough, and we were talking about the script, because there are multiple scenes where it, he could easily just kill the person in front of him and get the thing he's after. He's after like a document, he's after uh, a phone at one point, and yet he engages in these conversations with them. And so it made us wonder, why is he doing that when he's supposed to be this stone-cold killer? And the answer we came to was that we, th we think he genuinely wants to connect. We think he wants to connect with these people, and when he sees that they are unwilling to really accept him, because he doesn't quite know how to exist in this world, then he decides to kill them because that is the only time he feels like he can actually be seen, like someone's really taking him in. And from that point on, we decided it might be interesting if this character actually doesn't like killing. It's something he's incredibly good at. He gets paid a lot to do it. But it's actually something he doesn't enjoy. Because it, it means he gets those brief moments of connection, but then they're gone. And so he's always almost like an addict, like on this hunt for connection that he cannot get unless he kills. And besides all of that, just thinking about the process for the character, 
in that way, taking the time to consider really in depth what it would take for you to become the character, I found immensely helpful because eventually they did have me tape. And having all of that information at my fingertips and in me, you know, in my body, made the whole process a lot easier, especially as we got to the filming. So one of the things I did for this project, beyond that, beyond this kind of in-depth study before I had even gotten the part, was I started to try to just surround myself with the world of the character. It's a technique that Jake Gyllenhaal uses for a lot of his roles. He talks about it in particular with the movie Southpaw uh, in an interview. I can't remember where, but how he was training every day in a boxing gym and then just hanging out with boxers all the time and then going back and doing some boxing work. You know, he was like lifting weights in the morning at the gym and then going back in the afternoon to do some boxing. He started to train like a boxer. And then when he wasn't doing that, he was either pouring over the script or watching boxing videos, documentaries, things that just started to filter into the subconscious. And at that point, you can just trust that it's there, right? You don't need to, oh, I remember that video of Muhammad Ali holding himself like this, so I'm going to do that right now. No, you just trust that that is working in the background, right? And so something I did for this was I listened to a lot of videos of people being interviewed that had killed other people, some that felt tremendous guilt about it. I listened to one interview with an actual hitman, and it was fascinating because the fellow really looked at it as like a 9-to-5 job. He was pressed on that multiple times, and he felt no real remorse for any of the killings he'd done because he said, I was, you know, they messed up. I was paid to do a job, and I did the job. You have a job, I have a job. It was very interesting to just hear this different side of it. Something that you wouldn't expect. Especially because I feel like a lot of times the ideas of hitmen in this case that we see in film and TV usually are ones that just are like psychopathic, masochistic. They really enjoy the pain that they inflict. I don't think masochistic is the right word. I think that's self-inflicted pain. But you know what I mean. They enjoy the pain they're inflicting on others. But it's rare that you see one that is just, it's, you know, they're just clocking in. They have their lunch, and then they go do their hitting. And so I found that really fascinating. And basically, you know, this is a point I, I was going to make at the end, but I'll just say it now. Ultimately, I think it's about following your curiosity with the character. That was something I found really interesting, especially early on as I was building the character, was really diving into the psychology behind killing. I also had come up in his backstory that he had been a soldier. He had been paid to kill. And so I started watching videos about soldiers with PTSD, about what it was like being in combat zones. I watched videos on torture, because there was a brief moment where I thought maybe he had been tortured at some point. And either way, it was all just exploring these threads of curiosity that came about as I was working on the character. 
And that's something I, I listen to so many acting interviews. And I hear that from amazing actors that we watch in movies and TV all the time. They talk about how they follow their curiosity when they're working on a role. And so that's something that we should do. So we want to follow our curiosity. We want to really prepare for that audition. Really think about the character, how they became who they are, how we might have become that person. What would have had to change in our lives to make us that person? Something else that I was fortunate enough to have on this set was I was really consulted on the character's costume, on what he wears. And in fact, eventually they just gave me some money and said, hey, you can go buy the stuff. And so I did. But that was a wonderful insight for me. And that's something you can consider as well, even if you're not afforded that opportunity. Sometimes they're like, hey, we're going to buy the character's stuff. You know, we'll give you the costume. But if you have the opportunity to even just start reflecting on that, why does the character wear what they do? What does that say about them? You know, I remember I had a buddy, handsome, handsome fellow. And he always just wore random things he found at Goodwill. And it was wild stuff, stuff that you would look at on the rack and you'd say, that can, that does not look good. But he would pull it off. And that says something about him, right? About his confidence. Someone who wears muted colors. That says something about them. Someone who wears very vibrant clothing with a lot of accessories. That says something. And so consider those little details around character. And if you have the opportunity, see if you can speak with the director or the costumer and give some insight into what you're feeling for the character. And of course, this varies, right? I was fortunate enough to be a... I was pretty much driving the B-plot of the story in this film. If you're just playing a day player or a co-star, maybe you don't have that ability to share that, right? But if it's something bigger, or if you have a good relationship with the director, or even just for yourself, even just considering it for yourself, maybe it's something where you're playing a soldier or a cop or a firefighter, and so you're in the uniform. Well, consider what your character wears outside of that. What do they wear at night? Do they go to bed in their PJs or do they sleep in their boxers? And these are just little things that I don't think you need to hold on to. But I think they do help. At least they helped me in this case. I'll be back with more to share after this. I'd like to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. You know, I think mental health is something that is important for everyone in the world. I think therapy is something everyone should do, really. And I think it's important for actors, too. One, this industry is hard, right? There's lots of challenges and obstacles. Oftentimes, you're getting told no. You're 
grinding and working so hard, and sometimes that can take a toll on your mental health. Well, it's important beyond just the career that we take care of ourselves, and BetterHelp is something that can help you with that. In fact, it can help you better. (laughs) Horrible joke, but you know, had to get it in there. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. And that way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. You can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash TheActingNotes. That's BetterHelp.com slash TheActingNotes. So we talked about how the way you prep for the audition, really asking yourself, what would it take for me to become this character, to have become this character, is essential. We talked about how embracing the world of the character, you know, watching documentaries, listening to interviews, learning about what they do, really just immersing yourself in their world and letting that filter into the subconscious, how that can help. Talked about considering the clothing. Talked about backstory for the character. Something else I did was I looked at different characters and roles for inspiration. When I first came in to the room, I said essentially, Travis Bickle meets Roman Roy. And it developed from there. A big inspiration for the character was from uh, Ishii the Killer. Which is a violent film, if you haven't seen it. My lord, if you can't handle violence, don't watch that film. Uh, But that was a big inspiration. Natural Born Killer is another inspiration. And so I watched a bunch of these movies, not to take anything from the performances, but more so to understand... Or rather, get the kind of vibe that I felt was integral to the character. More, It was more subconscious work, essentially. But that's something we have. We have a beautiful history of Hollywood and performances that we can look to and gain inspiration from. Something else that I find really helpful, I do this for pretty much every role I get, is I created a playlist of songs that I felt matched the character, put me in the energy of the character. Sometimes were slower, more personal songs, like the lyrics really hit for me. And other ones just kind of matching the frenetic energy that I thought the character would have. That's felt right. And that's another big part of it. It wasn't... I was not really going into my intellect when I was doing a lot of these things. I was just trusting my gut and my heart. You know, I'd listen to a song, and I'd be like, yep, that's it. That's that's an energy. 
I listened to another one that could be very similar. And for some reason, I was like, I don't think so. And I just wouldn't put it on. And so trust your gut in those moments. And I found that listening to the playlist really helped me. You know, it was something I would play when I was working on backstory things, when I was doing other prep work, when I was driving down to set. It just helped me start to feel the energy of the character. Another thing I did, and this just happened to coincide with a uh, big fascination with Jean-Louis Rodrigue, who is a teacher that specializes in Alexander Technique. And if you've never heard of the Alexander Technique, uh, essentially, I feel like I'm going to butcher this, but it's a way of getting your body to true neutral so that you can really build the physicality of the character from that place. I'm sure some of you out there listening are like, that's not at all what it is. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> that's my understanding of it. And I would highly recommend, there's a great video on YouTube uh, from Film Courage, I believe, interviewing Jean-Louis Rodrigue. And he's worked with Margot Robbie and Leonardo DiCaprio. He works with a lot of big actors and helps them find specific physicality for different characters, which I think is really fascinating and really helps me. There's something, Hugh Jackman said in an interview that he always finds how the character walks that that's a big key in for him. And I've found that to be pretty helpful for me as well. Finding the physicality of the character, being able to sit in that, and even just shifting something slightly away from the way I would do something, I find helpful to help me believe in this reality of the character, right? It could be something as simple as how I push up my glasses, I push up my glasses with my pointer finger. I just put it right in the middle, push them up. I remember I was playing a serial killer, and when I was watching an interview with some serial killer, I don't remember who it was, I saw that he would use his pointer finger as well, but he would use the the outside of it, the, the side facing the thumb, and would kind of slide it up against his glasses. And so I just started doing that and eventually became more unconscious and it was just a small thing, but it helped me to feel more freedom in the moment. I wasn't thinking about it. I was never pushing up my glasses thinking, yeah, I'm doing it just like that. <laughs> no, it just became unconscious because I was doing it in the weeks leading up to the filming. And so as I became really interested in Jean-Louis Rodrigue, I bought his book, which I can't remember the name right now. I believe it's Back to the Body, and it's on Amazon. So definitely check it out. And he has a section in there that talks about building a character map. So this is essentially, it's almost like a mood board for the character. And so that's something I did. I went on Pinterest. I found different images that I thought reflected some states of mind of the character. Again, just trusting my curiosity and trusting my gut. And I went into Canva, who is not sponsoring this, and I designed something very, very quickly for it. Well, I say quickly, it was probably about an hour and a half total, finding the photos and 
making this collage, including different quotes that I thought reflected the character. And I would just have that. I had that as the background on my phone. It's the background on my iPad. I'd look at it as I was on set waiting to film, particularly with tougher scenes. And again, it's something that's just filtering in the subconscious. It's, I don't know, it's this swirl of things. That's kind of how it feels right now. It's almost like what I'm thinking of is Sam Esmail, who is the creator of Mr. Robot. And if you've never seen the show, there's lots of elements of that show that are kind of like The Matrix, that are kind of like Fight Club, kind of like Hamlet. And he's pretty open about saying like, yeah, these are all influences. But then I put them in the blender that is me, and out comes my original work. And that's kind of the vibe I got from this character map. And from all this work, you know, I'm taking all of these different paths to get closer to character. Putting them in the blender of myself, and then just trusting what comes out of it. From there was understanding the physicalization. So I did an animal study, which is something that Jean-Louis Rodrigue is a big proponent of. I know that Margot Robbie for uh, I, Tanya had chosen a bulldog to study. And it's this really wild thing where you, you study an animal and you watch, you know, what I did is I watched a bunch of documentaries. I decided to go with a snake. I felt that to be the most similar to the energy that I had been cultivated thus far. Initially, I'd also thought of a great white shark. So I watched somebody else there and even a hyena as well. But ultimately, I landed on snake. And you're watching these videos. You're trying to understand how they move, the tempo, the speed. Are they moving in a jerky manner? Are they moving smoothly? How do they react to danger, how do they move? How do they lunge at things in the terms of the snake? What are they like when they're threatened? What are they like when they're just being? So you watch all that, and then you do this insane thing that is actually amazing, but it feels kind of crazy. Probably not something you want to do in public, but you have the space in your house, your room. You just start slowly trying to become that creature and moving around like that creature. So there has been a point in my life in the past two months where I was writhing on the ground like a snake, everyone. You're welcome <laughs> for that fun mental image. But I found it really helpful. It was very interesting to me, particularly when I started thinking about the kind of religious connotations there. The snake, you know, from... I was, I was raised Catholic. I, I don't really follow much of a religion anymore, though I am quite spiritual. But when you think of the story in the Bible of the snake giving the apple to Eve and kind of being the originator of evil, it's a very interesting vibe for the character who I felt had also kind of always felt like they were a bad person. And from their birth was made to feel that way in a lot of ways. And I found little things that worked with the character in that regard. And again, they became things that I was not very conscious of, but they would happen. Just the way I licked my lips at certain moments, similar to how a snake will stick their tongue out, or 
craning the neck a certain way. These are things, you know, you do this, this work, this animal exercise. And again, when you get to set, you are not consciously trying to do these things. It's more so just trusting that, you know, maybe 5% of that will show up. But it's, again, shifting your physicality in a way that's different from you. Just changes things up. So beyond all of those things, I did grind down and do some just good old script analysis. What I like to do is I go through each scene and I give it a title. Something that I can just read once and kind of clue me into where the character's at, what the scene is about, etc., etc. So like the first scene in the film, for me, is meeting these mob bosses that send me on my way to try and get these drugs. And so I just called it Meet the Man. That was it. That was the main crux of it. And then I had to think in this particular script about my character's long-term objective because it's about these two women who are in their early 20s in a relationship who stumble on a briefcase, essentially, of drugs that are highly coveted. And my character's whole thing is he wants to get those drugs. Initially, I didn't find that to be a great motivation. I couldn't really click that in with the character. I was like, why does this guy want money other than just having money? I mean, having more money is always great, but it wasn't striking me as much. It wasn't motivating me. And so I had to come up with a little backstory, something that happened before the script that would motivate me even more to get that. And those are little things you can do that will help you, right? For me, I decided that this guy had been a hitman in L.A. for a while, had kind of soured with one of the bigger mafia families who had threatened him because he lost out on a job for them. They told him they needed a certain amount of money by a certain time, and so he saw this as an opportunity to clean his bill, so to speak. And that motivated me. I found some motivation through that. But it could be anything. Maybe that wouldn't work for you. Maybe you need to find something different in that case, right? But find some reason why your character is doing what they're doing. They're objective behind it. Which I know, for many of you, like, yeah, of course, that's what we should always do. But it's good to think about what is the character's motivation through the entire story, through each scene. It's also interesting to just go line by line and ask yourself, why do they say that? Why do they say it in this way? It can be something as minute as a character saying hi versus a character saying hello. Why is there that difference? Why does this character say hello? What does that say? Were they raised to be respectful at all times, so they say hello instead of hi, which is too casual or formal, or informal, rather? I, I don't know, and I'm not saying that these are the things that you base all of the character around, but they're insights, they're clues into who this character is. Something else I found really helpful was a technique I learned from Leslie Kahn recently, which is just writing out thoughts of the character. 
before each line at every punctuation mark. And again, these are things that you're not necessarily going to force yourself to think in the moment. But just open yourself up to having the thoughts of the character while you're working. So, that's a lot of prep work, right? That's a ton. And there's more you can do. This is just stuff that I did for this film that I found really helpful. But then ultimately, the final thing you have to do is you got to let all of that go. you got to show up on set and just trust whatever is there. You know, sometimes I would go back and look at just, okay, where's my character coming from? Where are they at at this point in the story? But then ultimately, when they called action, it was just about being present and taking some risks, trying some things that I don't know if they worked. I still don't know if this is necessarily a good performance or not, but I know I feel proud of it. And I know I feel like I took some chances and did the best that I could. And that's worthwhile in and of itself. And it's not really our job to determine if something is good or not of our own work. It really isn't. Our job is just to put the stuff out there. And if someone resonates with it, that's great. We just need to open our heart, right? When you get to set after doing all of your prep work, whatever you do, if you follow any of these or if you find your own, again, following your curiosity, when you get to set, you just got to be open and you got to play. So thanks for listening to the Acting Notes podcast. I apologize if this seemed indulgent, but I really think there's some helpful stuff there, and I hope, I hope you found it helpful. I know that it was just a really rewarding experience for me. Again, I felt so unbelievably free on that set, and it certainly changed my view on how I'd like to prepare for projects going forward. While ultimately always trusting the curiosity. And thanks for waiting for the episode, because I know it's been a while, and I'm sorry for that. I'm going to try to be a bit more diligent about getting these episodes out and finding a way to make sure the acting notes is both helpful for you and sustainable for me. I really appreciate you listening. If you want more Acting Notes content, you can head to Instagram or TikTok at The Acting Notes. And if you're open to it, you can subscribe to the podcast, even if it's just a dollar. It's helpful. I'm not going to lie. But also, you absolutely don't have to. Please don't do it for my sake. If it's something you feel open for, that's great, but certainly not something you have to do. Just the fact that you're listening is incredibly helpful to me. And it makes me feel really wonderful. I feel a lot of joy just seeing how many people are listening and occasionally getting messages from you guys on my own Instagram. And yeah, it's very rewarding. So thank you all very much. If you'd like to head over to 
my Instagram at Justin R. Powell. I'll be sharing the playlist I came up with so you can have an example if you'd like. And again, thank you for listening. This has been The Acting Notes. I'm Justin Powell. Have a great day. Peace.